Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Welcome to the Impact Hour with John and Rena. I'm John. Hi, and I'm Rena. Welcome today. Today we're going to talk about mindsets. Mindsets to make a difference. Mindsets affect a whole lot about our lives. It has to do with what we see as possible, and it talks about and it influences what we do, uh, influences how we think and how we interact with people, and it, in a huge way, it influences the impact that we can make in the world. Which totally makes sense that a person's beliefs are going to determine uh, what they do and what they see as possible and what they what they actually do in the world. Yeah, and I have a concrete example of that. Some number of years ago, I was teaching a class in Taiwan, kind of uh, overseas you know, instructing over there. And uh, at one point during the class, they asked about me and my role and what I do uh, because they weren't the ones who set up the class. You know, I just showed up to teach. And uh, I said, well, you know, I, I'm self-employed and, you know, I have these classes. And they were just staring at me like deer in the headlights kind of look. <laughs> and they asked me to repeat that again. You're like, what? And, and I explained again. And they're like, whoa, we wouldn't even think of that. So from their perspective, culturally, you know, they wouldn't even think of becoming self-employed. Mm. Their mindsets influenced the choices they saw as possible for themselves and what they would pick for their life. And that same kind of thing is true for us when we go to make a difference in the world. When we want to live a huge legacy in the world that makes a big change in people's lives, what we see as possible, the way we look at the world, is going to be a huge influencer on that. I like your example because I think it just speaks to how powerful it is, the people that you hang out with and how much they influence you. Because if everybody that you hang out with sees that it's believes that it's not possible to really change people's lives, to be a person of influence and significance, and you hear that all the time, it's going to be really hard to believe different and take action on it. So good to be mindful of who you're hanging out with, huh? Yep. Yep. So mindsets influence our behavior, which in turn influences our circumstances. So... Mm-hmm. A number of these mindsets we're going to go over today are actually from our book. We have a book. It's called Splash, Increase Your Life's Impact. You can buy that on Amazon. Uh, we have it on our website as well. On a, The website is simplygreatlives.com. And the book is all about how you can increase your life's impact and live a legacy. It's a how-to book. And we have mindsets in there. And today I'm going to be reading some of the mindsets from that. And we'll be we talking have, about those. We have so many mindsets to cover. We're going to need to do this over more than one show. And I like that we've got the mindsets just kind of sprinkled throughout the book. There's uh, steps to follow, and there's stories that kind of support and give examples. And the mindsets are just kind of sprinkled throughout because it's a really a new way of thinking a lot of times. So good to call those things out. Yes. This first one we've talked about before on this show We've called it empowerment mentality in our book. And the idea here is uh, the old thinking is I have to or I can't. I have to do this. I have to go to school. I have to go to work. Or I can't do this. I can't find a job. There's no jobs out there. You know, a lot of things people might say about have to and can't. And the new thinking is I choose to. 
It's all about personal responsibility and the choices that we make in life. So I'll just read the description of this, and then we're going to talk some more about it. All right. So it says, when we don't take responsibility for the choices we make, we forfeit the power to choose something different for ourselves. Therefore, there's a lot of power in recognizing our part in what we might otherwise consider to be our circumstances. We need to recognize our own power to make changes in our lives before we will have the power to affect changes in the lives of other people. Definitely. You know, what's the likelihood that somebody's really going to step out and be working to change people's lives if they're feeling really, really stuck in their own circumstances and in their own lives and not seeing the abundance of choices that lie before them every single day? Yes. So sometimes we watch TV shows and it's not uncommon for us to be frustrated and it, it aggravates us to hear somebody in the TV show going. <laughs> us meaning you and me, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. Rena and I, yes. Uh, we will go, oh, because we, they just said the line, I didn't have a choice. I had to go do this thing. And it's so false. Hmm. Maybe that was the best choice at the moment that they could pick. But the truth is they did have a choice. And we always have choice. Even in the most extreme of circumstances, you know, someone's holding a gun to your head and, you know, you don't have a choice. The fact is that you do. Following what they say may be the very best choice at the time. There are other choices that may not be so good. And that's like the most extreme example I could possibly think of. Um, Sometimes it's around taxes, right? People like, oh, I have to pay my taxes. Yes. And, you know, excuse me, but I've known some people who didn't pay their taxes. On purpose. And sometimes there's some really severe consequences to that. It's not something I'd recommend, but honestly, it's a choice. Yes. And then, which reminds me of an experience leaving our tax guy, our accountant, earlier this year. And uh, we just uh, found out that we were to write a large check, a sizable check, felt large to us, to the, to the U.S. Treasury. And uh, it felt like I had to pay my taxes. And I'm like, so I quickly reframed it. And instead of just being that I choose to pay my taxes, I get to pay my taxes. And that's just a really spacious place. So I got to realize that it was a blessing because that means that we had earned income. Otherwise, I wouldn't owe taxes. And I also got to start looking at the benefits of what the federal government provides for us for safety and, and things of that nature. So yeah, federal, definitely. Federal and local. And you local, know, yeah. Firemen and policemen, Absolutely. You know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a place of getting to do something instead of having to. It's really, really powerful. Yeah. When we recognize that we have choice, it makes it wide open rather than feeling locked in. And so it's just the way our, we experience life changes when we change this mindset in our life. And there was something I wanted to mention because uh, what I found is as people are setting out to discover their life's purpose, they want to live their calling. I, I noticed this kind of anxiety that wells up inside of people. And it's as though they're afraid that they're going to find their purpose in some mystical way. And it's going to be something they don't like. It's not a good fit for them. It's not what they wanted. And so just wanted to emphasize that you're calling your purpose. There's a lot of choice there. There's discovery in finding out who you are and what you're passionate about. And then you get to choose what you do with it and how you want to make people's lives different and how you want to engage in that. So just wanted to encourage people to know that there's a lot of choice in their purpose as well. Yes. So you get to pick what you want to do for your calling, which is nice. That's right. There are some nuances to this this mindset. And the first one I mentioned is personal responsibility. 
when you learn, recognize that you are making choices, it's about taking power back and taking control back over your life. Part of it has to do with decision making. Now, I don't know about you folks out there, but you know, I wasn't taught how to make decisions very well growing up. No, it's kind of something we figure out on the way, right? Yeah, we just figure it out on the way. And, and, and a lot of times we get to a place, I know I've been here, where it's just a lot easier to just defer the decision and just wait until somebody else decides or the circumstances make the decision unnecessary anymore. And that's kind of decision by default. And a lot of times this have to can't involves that as well. <clears throat> yeah. So um, wanted to point out that these mindsets – uh, we use them as part of creating our life's impact assessment. And that's an online tool where people can go, you know, where you can go and answer a series of questions. And we will uh, auto generate a report and send that to you, email it to you, and you'll get an idea of what kind of impact you're having in the lives of other people. Because just like this empowerment mentality, the way that you think and believe affects your behaviors and that will impact how you're affecting other people. So you can take the life's impact assessment at simplygreatlives.com. And we are heading into a break. Would love for you to stay tuned for more because we've got lots of great mindsets that are going to be really beneficial for you to make more of a positive impact. Stay tuned for more. You're listening to the Impact Hour. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. More fun than visiting the in-laws. Welcome back. We are talking about mindsets, the ways that you think and the way that you see how the world works influences what you see as possible, affects your behavior and affects your circumstances, influences the impact that you can make in the world. So this next mindset is called outward focus. It has to do with kind of where we are, are focusing our energies and our efforts. And so the old thinking here is I need to be happy before I help others. And the new thinking is I will find ultimate satisfaction when I am other focused. And it has to do with who are we trying to please. So we experience a shallow, fleeting happiness when we focus just on ourselves, doing things like traveling and buying nice stuff. When we do things that benefit other people, we experience a deeper, longer-lasting satisfaction. The key is to not wait until we're feeling satisfied with our own life because that satisfaction isn't going to come until we have that outward focus. And so the concept here has to do with uh, who are we focusing on benefiting? It's uh, in our culture, we have 
a, a lot of emphasis on working to benefit ourselves. And there's nothing really wrong with that, uh, but we're taught to pursue happiness. Uh, we're taught to increase our lifestyle and, you know, have a nice place to live. And the message really is that those things are what's going to make us really happy and really satisfied. And yes. that they'll fill us up somehow, yet it kind of, it just leaves us feeling like we want more. Yeah. It's never really satisfying. Right. And then there's a, a little bit counter to that. We also get a lot of messages about helping others and giving back and, you know, donate $5 and you'll make a big impact. You know, hear things like that. And so there is a bit of, of pushback on this idea of being self-focused. But our view here is that when you really focus on others, really, for the benefit of others, that it is deeply satisfying. And giving $5 to something is, is a pretty shallow way to live a legacy. And so this outward focus is to really look and see the other person that we're benefiting. Who are they? What's their name? What are they really going through? What do they really need? And really just be there with that person and in, in whatever way that you can and meet their, their real deeper needs in a real, real way that makes real change. Yeah, a lot of volunteer type opportunities that are available really don't don't really satisfy in the same way because they're it's it's a doing instead of a creating so people don't get that satisfaction when they're disconnected from the results and changing people's lives and maybe it's something they're not really passionate about so we're we're doing stuff but it's not really changing lives right so a part of of this other focus, this outward focus, is uh, trying, in a way, it's a bit of disconnecting what you've been focusing on in the past. And I know from my personal experience, I've had my whole identity wrapped up in my career in at the past. At one point. At yeah. one point. Yeah. And so it wasn't that that was where I got paid and I was good at it. It was that's who I was. And the idea of disconnecting from that to do something else was... Uh, I don't know, it, when it was brought up at times, it made me angry, uh, made me upset. You know, this was, this was a part of my identity. And so for these out there, you might think about where are you drawing your identity from? Is your, are you getting your identity from your career? Is your identity your lifestyle? Is your it, role. Is it your role mm -hmm. as a parent, you know, as a... You know, different different things there, I guess. But, you know, it could be wrapped up in your hobbies. You can say, you know, I'm, I'm an off-roading dude. That's who I am. <laughs> Where you live. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What you drive. <laughs> right. And a part of it can actually be even a little bit deeper because it can actually be involved um, when we go, when we're outward focused, it's not just about identity, but when we're interacting with people, what are we ultimately trying to get out of that interaction? Are we really focusing on the other person and we're trying to meet their needs and just be present for them? Or are we there to really uh, ultimately seeking approval or praise or acceptance from them? And sometimes that can be subtle or even subconscious. But when we're there really to seek someone else's <laughs> approval, that doesn't work so good either. I've seen some people get really frustrated and upset and angry and resentful when they're unknowingly giving to get. So um, maybe some of you guys out there, people can relate to this. You know, you help somebody out 
and you want them to be grateful. Yeah, you want them to say thank you. You want them to be appreciative to maybe they'd do something back to help you, you know. So it's kind of a giving to get, and that kind of hurts to really call it out and see it, but it actually can be really freeing because if you give to give rather than give to get, you're not tied to what you're getting in return. So it's a much cleaner transaction and going to be much more satisfying because it's not dependent on what the other person does in exchange. Yeah, you're actually more open to receiving what comes back when you stop giving to get, which sounds counterintuitive. But just imagine if you give to people so that they will like you. Ultimately, Mm. that's what's going on, which could be. And the way that you might see that is if someone doesn't give you approval or acceptance and it makes you mad and upset then there's something there. Right. And so if you're going around giving to people in hopes that they will give you approval and like you, and they're not doing that, your experience of that is going to be, oh, those darn people, they didn't do this, or you know, it's this, this really kind of negative experience because they didn't meet expectations. But if you just give freely and you're just there present for whoever you're serving, then when they have gratitude back, hey, thank you for that, you can really receive that rather than that's just your expectation. Mm-hmm. An interesting aspect of this that I've noticed is a very common form of giving and supporting charities and, and nonprofits is to, um, they've got something, basically you benefit by helping them out. So you go to, I was just at Chipotle and somebody was giving out flyers. Uh, when I presented the flyer, a certain percentage of the proceeds went to help the SPCA. And so I get a burrito and the SPCA gets some money too. And you see this uh, when kids do fundraisers for school and they're selling Christmas wrapping paper and coffee and, and all these different things. It's like you need to receive something and, and you give them something. And it's uh, very, very pervasive in our society. And, and I, I, I find it fascinating and also not surprising that people aren't really satisfied when they're participating in those kinds of giving opportunities because it's really about what am I getting? And it's not really about what am I giving? Uh, and it's especially not about what am I passionate about? Whose lives am I changing? You know, it's this very surface level thing. And it's it saddens me because it's as though people are trying to check it off a box. Like, cool, I gave, check. And they're like, cool, where's the sense of satisfaction? <laughs> where's the meaning? Where's the significance? And, and it's like a hollow opportunity that's really, I see it all the time. Once I've pointed out, no, you're going to see it everywhere too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's those things are great. It's great to give and all of that, but that's not your legacy that you want to live. You wouldn't call that my life's legacy. Oh, I, I bought burritos from Chipotle <laughs> and they gave the SPCA. That wouldn't be your legacy, right? Right. And so what we're talking about and encouraging you all to do is to, to live a legacy, which is so much bigger than just these simple ways of giving. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. All right. So the next mindset we want to talk about is openness. So the old thinking is I can't trust new ideas or new opportunities. And the new thinking is I'm discerning and let good things into my life. So you must be willing to consider new ideas in order to grow. At first, being open to new ways of thinking can be a little scary. 
This openness does not have to threaten our closely held personal beliefs, though. We always have the power to accept, reject, or modify new ideas to make them work for us. Being open to new perspectives and ideas and ways of doing things helps us greatly in being effective in our calling. So this really has to do all with personal growth and growing ourselves. And we've had to do a ton of personal growth in our own lives so that we can be effective when we work with our clients. And continue to do tons of personal and growth. And continue, yes. <laughs> it's, it's an ongoing process, never really fully arrive there by yes, any means. Definitely. And it, especially if you want to be there fully for somebody, um, there's so much personal growth needed just to be present for somebody without our own stuff coming up and having it trigger us and you know making us react in certain ways based on past experiences and then it becomes all about us rather than the person we're trying to serve and and that can be tough work to go through but it is so necessary yeah we're able to be so much more of a benefit to other people when we are letting in new ideas and got to commend the folks listening to the show, whether it's live here in Sacramento or if it's via the podcast or on the website, because y'all are apparently willing to let in new ideas. So I commend you for that and uh, encourage you to just kind of integrate this in, take it. And one thing I love about this is it, it's really essential to be able to trust our own selves, to be able to assess an idea and accept it or reject it. Sometimes I, I I partially accept it, so I may need to modify it and say, yeah, okay, it fits in this way. And that's really in stark contrast to folks who wouldn't listen to new ideas, not willing to evaluate, just kind of reject stuff out of hand. Yep. Yep. One surefire to stay stuck where you are is to make sure you don't allow in any new ideas. What's that quote from Dave Ramsey? You will be the same person you are today in five years, except for the books you read and the people you meet. Ooh. That's assuming you're getting in some new ideas. Yes. By the, well, people that you meet, being able to encourage you, help you to grow, and new ideas. New ideas from books, stuff to help you move forward. Yep. Totally yep. believe that. And, of course, we would include in that documentaries and TED Talks and other, other good things like that as well. Yeah, there's these days there's lots of opportunities to to bring in positive information, useful information. I am a documentary junkie and have been known to watch plenty of TED Talks and we read books together and I think that that's just really essential for for moving forward and becoming the best version of you that you can possibly be. So this calls to question about the kinds of inputs that you are letting in. So what are you letting into your life? What kind of messages are you allowing to come in? Are you spending time watching the evening news or watching your Facebook feed? Because if that's true, you're probably letting in some, a lot of negative stuff with reckless abandon. So going to need to be careful of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We need to go to a break, and we will be back. You are listening to the Impact Hour. Capital City Solar can make obtaining solar easy. And right now you can take advantage of their zero down, zero out of pocket cost program. You will be cash flow positive every month. 
Capital City Solar is a SunPower Elite dealer. SunPower panels are the most efficient panels available with the industry's best combined power and product warranty. For the best value, the best warranty, and the best customer service, go to CapitalCitySolar.com. Then call 782-3333 for your free solar analysis. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. Not all certified pre-owned vehicles are equal. Kitty here from my favorite Lexus dealer, Lexus of Sacramento, where their certified pre-owned vehicles have to pass a rigorous 161-point test. That certified pre-owned beauty then comes with a warranty for up to three years or 100,000 miles. Plus, you'll get new car financing rates, which are lower than typical used car rates. Get your certified pre-owned from Lexus of Sacramento and get peace of mind with it. 2600 Fulton Avenue online at LexusofSacramento.com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-423-4557. That's 1-800-423-4557. 1-800-423-4557. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowco.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors not available in all states. I'm Pat Barr. I'm Don Padilla, financial advisors with Wells Fargo Advisors in Sacramento. Pat, since the market crash in 2008, I've observed that too many investors are unsuccessfully trying to time the market. They don't want to lose. They're waiting for the perfect time to invest, which never seems to come. Yeah, they're stuck on the sidelines, wasting opportunity. If you find yourself in that position, please call us at 916-275-8100. That's 916-275-8100. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC, is a registered broker-dealer and a separate non-bank affiliate of Wells Fargo & Company. Live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today we are talking about mindsets to make a difference. Mindsets that are going to help you have a maximum impact in the lives of other people. And you have the opportunity to call in and ask questions and make comments about your positive impact and the mindsets that you find helpful around that, you can call us here at the studio at 866-576-1055. That's 866-576-1055. And we were just talking about the openness mindset and the idea of being open to new ideas and actually integrating in new ideas and, and using them. And I had an experience recently that I wanted to share about. I watched a movie on Netflix called The Secret, 
and I watched it a few days ago. I'd seen it years ago, and I was curious to see it again. Now, if you know me, I'm, I'm a Christian and relatively conservative Christian in my theology, and at the same time, I trust myself to be able to evaluate ideas. So I don't mind listening to things, and I love looking for overlap right and finding what's useful and really kind of clamping on to what's useful and in that movie they were really talking about how important it is to focus on what you do want instead of focusing on what you don't want because whatever we're focusing on you you'll have more of that if nothing else just just realistically you'll notice it more because you're focusing on it right and it got me thinking about how that overlaps with with my understanding of the world and from the Bible, the book of Philippians 4.8, lists this wonderful, it provides a wonderful list of things to focus on, right? So we're encouraged to focus on things, think about things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. And when we're focusing on those things, we're going to have more of them. So I just thought that was a nifty example of being open to new ideas and trusting oneself to be able to assess their validity and help them fit in properly. Nice. Cool. All right. Next mindset we call financial freedom. We're actually going to talk about money on a money radio show. (laughs) Money 105.5, and we're finally talking about money. (laughs) (laughs) So... Old thinking is I need to use credit to achieve my goals. And the new thinking is being debt-free gives me more freedom and opportunities. Woohoo! Personal money management will affect our calling. When we have money set aside for emergencies and no debt, we're in a relatively secure position financially compared to a person who has debt and no cash. Having this kind of security keeps us from getting stuck in a bad situation, like needing to stay in a job we don't like because we need the money. It also opens up many more options for how we choose to live our calling than we would have otherwise. Absolutely. Yes, so we've been debt-free except for our house for, I don't know, seven, eight years now? Sure, that sounds right. Yeah, I don't know the exact number of years, but it's, it's been quite a while, and it's a pretty different experience. Before that, we would have kind of continuous rolling credit that we would have to pay off every month and occasionally the month would kind of go sideways and the month the the credit would carry over to the next month and we'd have to pay the fees and there were times when i did lose my job and we had a credit card statement full of charges on there and that was a pretty scary place to be in (laughs) as opposed to the last time i got laid off from my workplace we had a year's worth of income saved up and no debt that's such a huge difference And we were able to launch a business because of that. And so being in debt versus not really can influence what you're willing to do. In a sense, we kind of have a certain amount of risk we're able to take on all at once. And if you have a whole lot of risk with a whole lot of payments in your life, that's, that's taking away from the amount of risk in a sense that you'd be comfortable with doing things like starting a business or a nonprofit or starting something new in your life. And when there's no risk in that area of your life, then you can take on other kinds of risk. It's certainly an energy taker-upper, having debt, 
um, being worried about not having enough money and, and all that. It takes up a lot of energy, a lot of bandwidth. And so when we're not having to stress out about, you know, if I lose my job, will I be able to pay my bills? We're able to free up and use that energy for other things. Yeah. Now, my experience of that was when we were in debt, I'd be like, stress? There's no stress. What are you talking about? It was normal. It was normal, right? <laughs> you didn't know it was stress. It was normal. It was normal. And <laughs> when we got out of debt, it was like, whoa, that feels so much freer. Yeah. It's hard to compare if you don't know what to compare it to. That's right. That's right. Yep. So when you have no debt and an emergency fund, you just make different choices in life. It's just a different experience. So... The, the big debt question we run into with people is, so what should I, should I get out of debt before I start pursuing my calling and getting clear on what I want to do with my life? And our answer is no. We actually don't recommend that, although some people may choose this. Uh, what we see for a lot of folks is uh, they're in debt and they want to get out of debt, so they sort of kind of work their way out of debt. And this is like a 10 or 20 year project. And we'd be Ooh. really sad to see somebody put off discovering their purpose in life and to live full out for 10 to 20 years and certainly be sad if if their their life ends sooner than they anticipated or they have a medical event and then can no longer do what they were wanting to do. I think this is a fantastic point because, you know, we don't know how long we have. And any time we choose to put off making our positive impact, there literally are lives that are not being touched that could have been. They, there are people who need you to step up and make that difference in their life, and they won't get it from somebody else. It needs to be you. So that's really the danger in putting off finding your purpose and living your calling until you pay off your debt. It's a risk. It's yes. definitely a risk. Yes. And I know from experience, it's possible you could get to the end of your life and then have a huge regret that you did not spend your time and energy on the things that you thought were the most important. So just like in my own life when I had to take my foot off the gas a little bit on making my positive impact, that just means I wasn't going as crazy fast as I wanted to go, <laughs> but um, had to focus like on my rehab around my vision loss and, and stuff like that. I think it's kind of similar for paying off debt. You'll be spending some of your time and energy. I mean, if you do like Dave Ramsey says, you're doing gazelle intense, right? Maybe you're taking on extra jobs, you're cutting way back on your spending, and you're getting it done, right? So while you're doing that, you can still be moving forward on your calling. It might not be as fast as you want but honestly, I don't think you have to wait until the debt's paid off. Right. It's not a question of either this or that. Right. You can do Options, both. choices. Didn't we start off the show talking about we that? We sure did. Yep. <laughs> yep. And there's nothing worse than getting to the end of your life. When you have regrets there, especially if you don't live a legacy and pursue the things that you value most, it's not just, oh, I have some regrets around that. You're sitting there looking at it and going, whoa. I regret most of my whole life. That's pretty heavy. I've heard that studies show that people tend to not regret the things they did. They really tend to regret the things that they didn't do. Yes. Yeah. We regret playing it safe, yeah. not really going for the things we really wanted. Playing small. Just settling yeah. for what's easy. And then you get towards the end and realize this was your opportunity to just go for it. And you didn't choose it. Yep. 
Yeah. Powerful stuff. All right. The next one is pretty fun. This mindset is called unbalanced. <laughs> How many times have you heard somebody say you need to be well-rounded? <laughs> All the time. Yep. Yep. And that's why I'm just round. <laughs> Well-rounded. And you also need to um, focus on what areas you need to improve. Yeah. Right? You got to always be working to improve your where you're lacking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me read this. The old thinking is I need to improve my areas of weakness, whereas the new thinking is I maximize my strengths. So we'll achieve the best results in our calling when we focus on and utilize our strengths. We'll get very limited results by trying to shore up our weaknesses. Therefore, let's just work on bringing our weaknesses up to a minimum acceptable level when they are holding us back, and we can focus on using our strengths for the benefit of other people. Working in our areas of strength yields extraordinary results, not to mention lots of personal satisfaction and joy. Absolutely. When, when, whenever you use your strengths, it's energizing, right? <coughs> so whereas it, when you're working outside your strengths, it may be more draining, take more energy, but using your strengths is, is really, really, it, get, it gets me pumped. I love using my strengths. Yes. Now keep in mind, just because you are using your strengths doesn't mean that you aren't stretching yourself and trying new things. Huh. It doesn't eliminate discomfort and uh, perhaps even a little bit of anxiety because you're trying new things out. What it means is that as you're trying new things out, what you're pulling on, you're drawing on, is your strengths to help you with that. That means the way things look for you is different because you have different strengths than other people. So we had an example that we we share sometimes with this is the example of teaching. And I'm sure you can think back to teachers you've had who've been very good. And you might have more than one. And if you compare those two teachers, you might realize that they were different and the way they taught was very different. They weren't the same at all. And you might be wondering, wow, what what makes great teaching? Well, it's different things for different people. And so you might have an analytical teacher who can order the content in a way that makes it easy to grasp. You might have someone who's an includer and they involve everyone in the class and engage them in the learning process and they learn more from experience that way. Or you might have someone who has a special skill uh, from the Strengths Finder book, they would call this Maximizer. And that taps into people's prior experience as it relates to new concepts. So the new ideas hang on things that they already know about and makes it easy to grasp new concepts. Totally different skills, different strengths at play, and it looks different depending on the person. And so there's not a cookie cutter role for teacher. If you are a teacher, you should be drawing on your strengths to do your very best in that role. Mm-hmm. There's a book we recommend called Now Discover Your Strengths by Marking, Bu- Marcus Buckingham. And it's a really great, he goes a little deeper into explaining what the different strengths are. And I think it includes the Strengths Finder inventory as well. So it does. great way to start using your strengths more and more. So we are about to go to a break. You are listening to the Impact Hour. We'll be right back. What if the ladder you're climbing is leaning against the wrong wall? Is that bucket list getting bigger and bigger? Where are your passions hiding? You are here to create an authentically empowered life. There's nothing more fulfilling than living your life's purpose every day. 
Find your calling and live a legacy that lasts for generations. Start your journey today by scheduling your discovery session with John and Rena, hosts of the Impact Hour, every Wednesday on Money 105.5. Go to theimpacthour.com to schedule your complimentary session today. Interrupting life as usual. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back. You're listening to the Impact Hour. We've been talking about mindsets. If you have any questions about the mindsets that we've shared, you have personal experience around these that you'd like to share, you can call us in the station. We are live right now. This is not a recording. If you're listening on, <laughs> on <the> Wednesday <laughs> at 2.48, we are here. <laughs> and the number you can call in is 866-576-1055. We'd love to have you call. We've been talking about the mindset of unbalanced. It's really a mindset around utilizing your strengths and trying to not be well-rounded, but to actually be unbalanced and have awesome strengths and just sort of good enough in your weaknesses. So I think you had something you wanted to share yeah. more about that. Yeah, you know, we first became aware of strengths. It's been probably been about 10 years. I was working with a life coach uh, around my personality type in the Enneagram. So if anyone's familiar with that, I'm a type three. There's a little glimpse into who I am. And um, the, my coach's style was to really kind of focus on the downsides of that personality type. And I know, John, that really, that kind of bothered you. And you wanted something to focus on that's positive and able to build more on. And, and somehow you found the strengths um, stuff. And, and we love it. We utilize it with our clients. And what we find is it ensures that a person's calling is a great fit for who they are. So they're able to pull in their strengths and make a difference in people's lives in a way that's really a great fit. So that's kind of goes back to what I shared earlier. You don't need to be afraid about your purpose being something that, that you didn't like, didn't want, because it'll, it'll be something that just makes perfect sense. And you can carry it out in a way that just works really great for you when you're utilizing your strengths. Yes. So in addition, I want to talk just a little bit about the workplace. So you might be thinking, this is great, but that's not what's happening at work. And uh, I know I've experienced, you know, evaluations in the workplace, you know, and they have these improvement plans on what you're supposed to work on, and, and they have to find something to put in there. So they pick one of your weaknesses. I know mine was, I need to get better at multitasking. No, so what you're saying is they fill out a form and there's a space where they have to fill in there what you need to improve, right? Yeah. Or they so, feel like they have to, yeah, yes. right? Yes. Right. Isn't that funny? Yeah, so they just pick something for you to work on. Yikes. And sometimes it's not, not great. And, you know, just it's in my experience, it was pretty demotivating. And, and I know that, you know, there's different bosses have different skills and experiences at this. And, I, and they know they tried. They were trying to be a good boss. No one wants to really suck at that role. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, just the way it was was presented and the way we went through it was just pretty demotivating for me. You know, instead of, you know, you just did your best work. And they're going, wow, you really need to work on this, this ability to multitask. Mm. Like, oh, okay. Instead of, they could have said, wow, you really excel at this. How about we have you do more of this for the team? That would just be really exciting. But there wasn't so much of that. It was like, okay, here, let me go over the good stuff. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, now let's focus on this weakness that you have. Now, because now you got to come up with a plan for fixing it, right? Yeah. That's where it's going to take a lot of time and energy. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and I'm not talking about the kind of things they have, you know, where they, they have to document, 
all of this stuff that you're doing so they can finally let you go. This wasn't, this was just the normal evaluation process in my experience. So if you're in work and you feel like you are not using your strengths, you are not stuck, you have options, you have choices. And what you can do is take an inventory of your strengths and start looking at how you can change the way you do your work to draw on your strengths. So your strengths doesn't inform which roles you get into, it informs how you show up in the role. And so you can spend more of your time doing the things you love and doing them the way that fits your style. And so the same tasks can be done a lot of different ways. And if you can find a way that draws on your strengths, you'll find your experience of work being very different. It'll be more energizing and less draining, less frustrating, more fulfilling, yes. more stoked. <laughs> yeah. Now, when we help people, you know, our clients, when we help them discover their calling to live a legacy, we don't start with strengths, which might be a little surprising. We love strengths, but a calling isn't what you do. It's the results that you create. And so we help people discover the results they want to create in the world first. What are you passionate about? Once you figure that out, then you can figure out how you want to go about creating that change in the world by drawing on your strengths. Is there anything else you wanted to add to that? No, I think that's great. We love strengths. We're always encouraging people. You know, we, we always have our clients take the Strengths Finder inventory. We've encouraged that here. So there's that book, the uh, Now Discover Your Strengths by Marcus Buckingham. There's Strengths Finder 2.0. Uh, we use that. It comes with a code for sure. Um, yep. You go to the strengthsfinder.com or whatever and take it. It's, yeah, totally worthwhile. Yeah. Next mindset is called agile planning. So the old thinking is I make the whole plan and then I follow it. New thinking is the plan isn't fully knowable until I take steps forward. Even though it's uncomfortable not fully knowing what to expect, we must be willing to set out on this journey without knowing all the details in advance. We'll begin a cycle of doing things, learning, and replanning. This agility allows us to take steps we can do now and from there plan the next steps based on what we've learned along the way. So this mindset actually comes from a, a software concept. Um, they have this uh, new thing called agile development methods in software, where previously the idea was to sit down and write down the software requirements, what was the software supposed to do? And then from there you design how the software should be architected, how the code should be laid out and what sections should go together and which should be separate. And then from there, then you implement, you type it all in and get it working. It was this very linear process, very analytical. <laughs> analytical people loved it. <laughs> Makes sense for software, right? <clears throat> yeah. Sort of. Except the plan never works. I mean, when was the last time you had a plan and it actually worked that way? It just doesn't work that way. Things change. Our understanding of things grow as we go along. In software, the customer changes their mind and they want something different or the way they explained it wasn't quite the way we understood it. And so we had to go back and tweak. And so for years and years, you know, there were different ways of addressing, how do you, how do you address change in this thing? And they finally decided that the change is so common, so prevalent, that really what we should do is change the whole way we do it, where it's developed in smaller steps, where they retool and rethink. 
And so this planning is the same way. And a lot of times we just don't know enough to make the whole plan. And if you could plan it all out right now, it's probably too small of a dream for you anyways. Yeah, there's something, you know, about there's an unfolding process that comes with uh, living one's calling because we can't there's so many variables we can't know. We're trying things. We're learning by experience. We're having to tweak and try and we learn more about the people that we're working with and what's going to be effective in creating change in their lives. And there's just literally no way to know it all up front. That's why it's important. It's necessary to be flexible on what the plan's going to look like. The plan's going to change. It's got to change over time. So you might as well just embrace that up front with this idea of agile planning. Yes. And that's true. Like if you start an organization, a business, it's a, it's an iterative process. That's the way it really works. So in marketing, they try stuff out and then they try some more stuff out. It's not like, oh, I'm an expert. We're going to make one advertising <laughs> campaign and it's going to work. That's not the way it works. They might get it dialed in after a while, but it certainly doesn't start there. Mm-hmm. And so there's so much learning that takes place. And so you try, you learn, you reevaluate, you tweak, you change, and then do it again. And this is just so important to address because we've seen a lot of people who just never get started on making their positive impact because, first of all, it's got to look a certain way. They have it all planned out, and they, they can't get started until this one piece is in place, and, and it just stops them cold. And that's what we don't want. We want you to get into action and start changing lives now. Right. Yep. So we always recommend you have a mindset of agile planning of going forward on partial information with the idea that you will learn along the way and tweak and change from there. So one of the things we wanted to share with you is that if you have a dream and that dream seems too far away, it's two, three, four, five years in the future, or it seems elusive. You have this dream, but it still keeps being this dream in the future. We'd love to have a chat with you. We invite you to go to theimpacthour.com to schedule a free discovery session. In that, we'll just have a talk about where you're at, what your big, big dream is, where you'd like, how you'd like to see that unfold, and then we'll make some recommendations on how to move forward. And so go to theimpacthour.com to schedule a free discovery session. How cool is that? You click on that, you have access to our calendars. We've made our calendars available to you because we would love to talk with you about your dream, your impact that you want to have, and what it's going to take to get you started. Yay. Yeah. So those are the mindsets that we've talked about so far. There are more coming. Yeah. We were able to cover a lot this week. We're going to just have to have more shows on that because there's plenty of mindsets that you need to be able to make a really big difference in the lives of the world. Thank you for listening to the Impact Hour. Have an awesome week.